Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm Laura Sullivan Cassidy, also known as LC. This is episode two of Holding Ground. We're live every Monday at 9 on 11.50 a.m. radio. You can stream this show anytime on the KKNW website or catch Holding Ground in podcast form on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other streaming platforms. If you tuned in last week for our first episode, thank you very much. If you're new, welcome and thank you. Created and hosted by two therapists at Anchor Light Therapy Collective on Queen Anne Hill in Seattle, Washington, Holding Ground is about navigating relationships and personal growth through positive change. Or if you want to boil it down to its sticky, bittersweet, transformative cellular matter, it's about love and trauma. Yes, it is. I am Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, and I am here with Elsie as well as my co-host and colleague, Michelle Mooney. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. And hey, Michelle, can you tell everyone where they can find us? If they want to learn a little bit more about yes, Holding Ground or Anchor yes. Light. Please connect with us on social media, Facebook. Um, we're on Holding Ground for our radio show, Anchor Light Therapy Collective for our, our practice. Instagram, Holding Ground Talk Radio, all one word. And Anchor Light Therapy, all one word. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So you might remember that last week, Elsie was here for a special kickoff episode, and we kind of decided this is the kind of thing that the more the merrier. So Elsie is going to be joining us moving forward, and we're going to be a trio for a little while here. So I'm so glad you're back with us. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be a trio. I'm into it. Um, I love helping you guys talk through these important conversations, and today the important conversation is about dating. Um, so today on Holding Ground, what we're going to share are dum, da, da, dum, <laughs> the new dating rules. First of all, happy to be back here today with you, Laura and Elsie, and to our listeners. Um, so Laura, can you explain, are we diving into the deep waiting pool of dating? Because, whoa, social distancing plus dating right now, our listeners might need a little guidance around that. Yes, it sounds complicated. Uh, no, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into all that. Um, I can tell you, I've never been more happy to not be a Cosmo magazine editor compiling one of those how to plan a date in a pandemic articles. Um, I also don't want to brush over what's a pretty big topic um, as we navigate this idea about getting back into our normal routines of life. The particulars of sex and dating and love aren't always mentioned in the media, but there is a lot out there. So while we're gonna talk about sort of the attitudes and the healthy lifestyle kind of mindsets that, that go into all this, there's a lot more tactical and logistical information out there, and we encourage you to use it and to be safe first and foremost. So get your Google fired up and educate yourself um, and seek some insight on how to really truly be safe. 
Yes. And so just to be clear, we're not giving advice on how to plan dates. I don't even know where you start with that. You can't go to dinner. You have to wear a mask. So we won't go there. But what we are going to talk about is what it's what it's like trying to date in these current circumstances and some good practices for for being healthy and navigating relationships during these times of uncertainty. So as human beings, we despise uncertainty. We pretty much do everything we possibly can to avoiding it, to avoid it. And dating is already a pretty uncertain circumstance. All of the are they the one? Will they call? Should I invest my time in this? So it can be a little complicated when life is already uncertain and then you're trying to date, which in and of itself is uncertain. Okay, perfect. I like kind of I like this. Um, so our thing isn't today so much how to per se. Um, we're not planning your dates, so sorry guys. But instead, we're talking more about how to navigate dating um, in our current landscape of this pandemic, social change. Um, there's a lot of extra stress with finances, concerns about even being able to pay for dates. Um, you know if. We have experienced unemployment, just a lot of uncertainty right now. So people want to know how to do this in a physically and emotionally safe world right now. Exactly. So we said we're going to talk about my new dating roles, but spoiler alert, they're really the same as my old dating roles for the most part. Um, And there's definitely some other things, too, that we want to make note that it's good to be, like Elsie said earlier, just to be extra smart and and cautious of help. have creating healthy practices during this time. Yeah, we're all about the extra smart. So, Laura, you're coming in it with uh, coming at it with all you know about relationships and when and why they work and why they sometimes break down so easily. Um, you're our love expert, so that's your take on it all. And Michelle, as a trauma expert, you're filtering in your expertise around growth, recovery, resiliency, stability. So that's kind of the lay of the land here. And here's the thing. We just have three rules. We have three big, deep, powerful new dating rules. And we're going to look at them from both sides. The rules as they apply to all of you who are listening, but also as they apply to others, meaning the folks that you're dating. And as we go through the rules, we're going to flip them around and look at them from different sides. Um, And we're also going to just take a look at how the media at large is sort of weighing in on things um, just to make sure that, you know, sort of checking ourselves and to understand that we're on the right track and to give you that extra layer of validity that the way that we're thinking about this is, is worth thinking about. So let's get down to it. All right. Uh, Laura, what's number one? Okay, so number one, probably the most important one, is lead with your values. So think about what is really important to you in another person, uh, what what traits are compatible with you, what you want to get out of a relationship. So this is actually a really good time. Hopefully we've been reflecting on this a little bit if dating is something that you are pursuing. We've had three months of being quarantined, so that's given us a lot of time to think about what is important. And in my practice, I work with couples as well as singles um, who are looking to attract the right relationship. And a lot of my clients were all ready to start 2020 and get out there, and they'd done some work on themselves, and then this hit. And it was super disappointing that now we have to wait again. And while I completely get that, it was you know disappointing just to have everything shut down. At the same time, it gave us a really good opportunity to do some self-reflection. So um, – I have been encouraging my clients, whether it's in dating or really any aspect of your life, to just use this time to evaluate what is important for you and be really intentional about what it is that you want to create in your life. 
life is so busy for us most of the time. We're just responding to what's happening and um, we don't get the opportunity to create things in a really intentional matter. So that's maybe one of the gifts of this time if we're looking for a silver lining. Um, and you want to use that as your guiding light. What is important to you? What are your values? And and think about that as you move forward in dating. Laura, I really like that you brought up values. Um, so values can guide us in all of our decision making. And one thing I like to stick to is the 710 rule. So when we're listing out our values, we might definitely have more than 10, but narrowing it down to our top 10. And then anytime we're making a decision, and in this case in particular to dating and choosing a partner, right, if they are not meeting at least and the situation is not meeting at least seven out of the 10 of mm-hmm. your values, you probably don't want to do it. I absolutely agree. 50-50 is not enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> eh, you know, they kind of got it, but they mostly also don't, too. Um, also, in terms of values, um, you know, values um, and kindness is key for me. So being looking for a partner, looking for traits where they are kind to you, obviously, kind to themselves and kind to others. Mm-hmm. I really like to suggest that. Um, and somebody who takes care of themselves, right? They can recognize within themselves when they have some work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who takes care of their own mental health, obviously. Yes. And that is such a good point because sometimes what happens in dating is um, if we aren't taking good care of ourselves or our own own mental health or doing our own work, we might be looking for someone as a distraction instead of focusing on the things that we need to address on our own. So you don't want dating to be a distraction. You want to be able to create a positive dating experience and and know why you're there. Um, So, yes, values. Think of and everyone has different values and you want to think of what's important to you and also what you're bringing to the table. So I have a really good exercise that I ask people to do. It's super simple. I just want you to make a list. I want you to make a list of the things that are important to you and another person, you know, compassion, generosity, humor, honesty, and then also Part of that list should be what you bring as well, because I think it's really important to know your worth and what you're bringing to the table and make sure you connect with someone that's offering the same. Um, And then the next part of the list is to think a little bit about the type of relationship that you're wanting to attract. So, you know, maybe you're looking for something long term or something serious, or maybe you're looking for something more casual and, and either one is fine. You just want to be clear on what that is for you. So, Think about what you're willing to invest in a new relationship right now. Some people are still really nervous about COVID and a second wave coming, and they they don't want to go out in the real world and meet people, but they are open to connecting on Tinder or Bumble or doing a Zoom date here and there, exchanging a few emails, and that's that's perfect. Or maybe you're available for something more and you want to just be really clear on what that is and who would be a good match for whatever it is you're looking for. Um, I think a lot of times people feel like, they meet someone and then they feel disappointed that the person isn't meeting their expectations and somehow that's a reflection of their value. And that's actually never true. Right, right. Um, expectations, um, when we set those up right, we're kind of just setting ourselves up for future resentment. So that's something that I like to pay attention to. And I really like that you're covering the spectrum of possible dates and possible relationships because not everyone can afford to take wine and go in a picnic in the park right now or doing something like that. Um, so we are trying to get to know each other over technology technology platforms, right? So email and Zoom, I kind of like to now think of Zoom as the new dating app um, and creating that real foundation and exchanging and writing back emails to each other um, or seeing each other and chatting that way. So, and that can really help form a more emotional connection before Mm -hmm. you actually do meet in person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really forcing us to slow down, which is really, I think, can, there's a lot of benefits to that. So, um, you know, just be clear about what you're looking for. Like I said, healthy relationships happen with people who really know what they want and that they're not using the relationship kind of as an emotional band-aid, that they're very clear on what their intentions are and they are not coming from a place of of lack or or feeling needy or desperate. Mm-hmm. We can all sense desperation a mile away. Nobody likes that. Um, and and like I said, clear about what it is that you want to attract, whether that's something casual or just for fun or something more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great call out is that, you know, no matter what it is, I think, you know, just being real about it, we want to recognize that there may be some people out there looking for a, a mate and there may be people out there that are really are looking for something a bit more casual and and that's fair and that's valid, but there's ways to do that safe as, safely as well and to sort of protect your heart and protect other people's heart and be really mindful about it at the same time. Yes, absolutely. If you know what you want, what you want is to have fun and just meet some new people and just date for the sake of dating, that's fantastic. Or if you're looking for something more serious, then you want to line up with the people who are also looking for something more serious. It's that's everyone's going to be happier all the way around. Mm, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and I just just a little call out that I love that list making exercise that you talked about. Um, we we touched on that in the first episode really briefly. Just this idea that sort of as an as an alternative, as an add on to something like talk therapy, doing these kind of journaling exercises. I mean, of course, I would say this because I'm a writer, but I, I do recognize there's so much value in it, and I love that Michelle's talked about it as well. Just this idea of writing things out with you, with your hand, holding a pencil on a real piece of paper. And that's just such a great exercise. Yeah, it's so powerful. And that kind of work can be really healing and insightful for many, many of us. So I talked on our last show about art therapy. And like you're saying, Elsie, like holding that pencil, right, writing it down on paper, it's really a release of what's going on within ourselves. And one exercise I really like is called rapid journaling. So it's essentially just sitting down and doing like an emotional dump on paper. So it doesn't have to even make sense. It's obviously, you know, doesn't have to be poetry. It can be something like, you know, my boss yelled at me today and it scared me and it reminded me of this other time when, and then I got home and the house was a mess and dinner wasn't cooked, right? We're just writing down everything that happened or how we're feeling um, and just getting it all out. And then some people set a timer for this. So like, okay, two minutes, I'm just going to get it all out on paper. And then once that time is up, you know. I love it. What What do you call that? I call it rapid journaling. Rapid journaling. Um, yeah, yeah, there's some other terms um, cool. for it right out there as well. But, yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, so so just to, to back up this initial idea about um, leading with your values, I want to share something from, this is kind of our, our media moment. Remember, we're checking in here. I want to share something from the New York Times by Helen Fisher, who has a pretty cool job. She's the chief science advisor to Match.com which means that she uh, analyzes their data and trends and um, just this sort of authority on how online dating works. And she's totally on board with this, this first uh, rule of ours. Here's what she said in the, in the Times recently. During this pandemic, singles are likely to share far more meaningful thoughts of fear and hope and to get to know vital things about a potential partner fast. Psychologists report that this self-disclosure, the process of revealing one's innermost thoughts, attitudes, and experiences, spurs intimacy, love, and commitment. These are the foundation stones of a, of a sturdy partnership. 
and research shows that men are just as likely to disclose their secret feelings as women. She's got a link there to this like scholarly paper that talks about how true that is. Um, so I, I think that that's just really a, a, a nice moment for us to have that kind of um, data backup. Yeah, thank you, Elsie. I think that's a really great quote. Um, so, you know, with our trauma that we're going through, circling back to trauma right now, with all of this adjustment, with all the fear that we have, with all the uncertainty, being able to share that with a partner, we're going through a similar experience. So being able to connect on that level, even though it might not be a pleasant connection, right? Being able to support each other during this time, similar, going through similar experiences. And like you said, it spurs intimacy and commitment and love. So, Laura, what do you say to clients, um, you know, if a date comes on, you know, comes into the scene and he's just swinging with all this big talk and bravado or, you know, what if they're even like just closed off and it's boring small talk that feels really inconsequential? Um, Well, if your date is boring small talk, you probably don't want to go. Maybe you could go on a second date, but it's probably not going to go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That just might not be the person you're compatible with if you're not finding any conversation. Um, But I think something that that they said in this, I love this quote, and I love the idea that we can all connect about this shared experience. And at the same time, I think that there could be a little bit of risk in some of that. And that leads me to my next point, which is, or my next dating rule, which is to take things really slow. I feel like in times when we feel really vulnerable and exposed and maybe fearful or lonely, I mean, we've all been, a lot of us have been isolated for the last few months. If you live alone, you might have been really isolated. And there might be that temptation to connect with somebody to, again, feel fill an emotional need. And that might cause you to maybe not see things as clearly, which going back to rule one is why we need to make our list. So we have it at the forefront of our mind, what we're really looking for, and that we can hold ourselves accountable. And notice when maybe we've connected with someone who really isn't a good match, but we are just, like I said, we're lonely or we're bored or or we feel afraid and, and we're holding on for those reasons. So the important thing with going slow is you really want to give time to allow someone to show you who they are. And we really can't know that about somebody in just a couple of dates. Um, I had a client the other day who was telling me about one of their friends who I don't know. Um, but she had met somebody just within the last couple of weeks. She had met somebody. They hit it off. And they had already said, I love you, in three dates. And they were planning on moving to, in together. <laughs> Yikes. Solid wow. plan. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so what could go wrong in that situation? Yeah. Um, but I think that we might feel more compelled to do that right now because we're going through really hard things. And so you want to reach out to your community and the people that you already know and maybe don't let dating be that that tool for you. You know, call your mom or your friend or or go to therapy or whatever. But um, we don't want to use dating as a way to soothe uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. And I think, you know, right now in any time, right, this applies. So mm-hmm. loneliness, right, really is that lack of connection. We're feeling that more than ever. And it, connection is a need that we all have as human beings. Right. Mm-hmm. But trying to fill a void with just whoever. So the small talk person or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, so we had you nothing know, to say the, to each other, but I guess I'll yeah. talk to him again. And yeah. then we'll move in together. So yeah. it'd be really great. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, OK. So right now, you know, obviously we're still in a pandemic. Local businesses are just opening up again and ever Everyone is coming out of months of isolation. So definitely not a good time to hurry, love. No, no. And it really never is. You really want to give people, you want to just take time to really get to know who you're who you're with. And even if they're super attractive and the chemistry is spot on, like you still need more than three dates to see who you're dealing with. So at least four. At least. At least. <laughs> but I also want to have empathy and compassion, and I do, for for that 
that desire that, you know, this, these are hard right. times. We do want to have somebody that we're connected with. And um, we just don't we just don't want, you know, these are the consequences of connecting with the wrong person too soon can be really big. So we want to just keep that in mind. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think it, there's I, I've heard a lot of people in, in other topics talk about um, they like the way that quarantine slowed down the pace of life. You know, a lot of people talking two months ago about, wow, I really actually sort of like this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have time to think more and I have time to understand what I'm doing and, you know, even just to have more conversations with people. So sometimes I, I, I don't know if you guys see this as well, but there can be these funny pendulums. I also had it. uh read something this morning it was described as like a thermostat effect where you know you turn the heat way up um and then all of a sudden you're too hot and you're opening all the windows you know and Mm -hmm. and and so a lot of times in life we kind of go real far one way and then we got to come back the other and I think I think that's kind of what we're getting at here is um you know not to sort of overcorrect too much and I think maybe just holding on to that feeling that we've all had recently of of experiencing life at a different slower pace and and the temptation is gonna be there to go fast if you kind of like feel a little spark or something but how do you how do you really then like kind of remind yourself what's that rubber band around your wrist or something mm-hmm. that goes oh no no you know I, I like it slow I like to go slow this feels good to go slow so or even if you don't like to go slow like anxious people don't like to go slow mm-hmm. they want to write no right now where is this going to go is it going to work right. out Do they like me yeah. <laughs> it's long term yeah. yeah am I wasting my time so yep. so anxiety will actually tell you that you need to know right now mm-hmm. and we don't that's fear anxiety is a form of fear and we don't want to listen to fear because that is always guiding us in the wrong direction. So even if it's a little uncomfortable for you, it is going to be better. Again, you want to be able to know people and be able to really see if they're going to be a good fit for you. And that because you want to create, it's not that you just want to meet somebody. You want to have an amazing relationship. At least that's the intention. That was always my intention in dating and and the clients that I work with. So um, you want to be able to give yourself that opportunity. And rushing things a lot of times is going to sabotage that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and you're talking about that anxiety, right? And anxiety guides us. Like it's it's a survival mechanism, mm-hmm. right? So is this situation safe? And so when we want to push things, we want to know right away: is this safe? Again, is this person committed to me? Is this gonna, you know, are we buying a house? Are we gonna have <laughs> yeah. the, you know, two point five children, right? And knowing that right away, then we have that, you know, sense of security. But that's not how relationships or healthy relationships are formed, right? It's an organic process. And ultimately, you're going to be more satisfied if you let things play out the way they're supposed to and getting to know each other. And kind of like therapy, it's a process. It's a process, yeah. I mean, and and unfortunately, really in life in general, I think right now things seem so much more uncertain than normal. I mean, this is much different than anything that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. But at the same time, nothing is ever certain. We don't ever get to have that guarantee. So Mm -hmm. we just have to get on board with that. I think that's one of the great lessons right now is that, um, you know, maybe this is the first time that we've experienced right in front of our faces, um, yeah, that we don't have things scripted out. There is no, you know, we can, the best laid plans, right? Mm -hmm. They don't always, they don't always transpire the way that we imagine them. Yeah. And sometimes there's better things that are coming that we didn't imagine. So if you could just be with that, be with that uncertainty and that anxiety and find ways to, to navigate it instead of trying to, to avoid it. Right. Because we can't avoid it. So, Yeah. And Michelle, I'm just I'm going to jump in with something. 
it strikes me that there may be things that working with um, folks that are experiencing a lot of trauma, I, I'm wondering if there are ways that you speak about dating differently with those folks or, or with folks where that are really experiencing um, a lot of trauma in their lives or, or really trying to work to understand the trauma in their lives. Is, yeah. is dating something, is that a, sort of a big topic in the trauma world? Huge topic, right? So trauma, really the biggest thing it affects for us is the way we connect to each other. So, and that, you know, when there's a lot of unresolved trauma there, it can lead to a lot of relationship barriers. So, you know, we can think within ourselves, well, I'm never going to find someone that accepts me anyway. So sometimes then we enter a relationship where I'll, this person does accept me on some level. Let's just do that, right? Um, you know, we also might have the idea around relationships aren't safe, or if we already have insecurities around our pe- appearance, right? Like right now, no one's had a haircut in six months, and uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. So you know, maybe we f- even feel less confident getting out there right now because of that. Um, but you know, going through trauma and bad events, also in general, can leave us with a wider lens of who we are and what we're looking for. And speaking of lists, one thing I really like. To use with people, especially people who've experienced traumatic relationships, is a two list. So we're giving folks a lot of lists today, a lot of homework. We'll check in on this with everyone next week. (laughs) Um, But so two lists. On one side, it's what do I what do I deserve in a relationship? And on the other side is what I will not tolerate. Mm. Um, And I find with folks who have experienced trauma that um, what I deserve piece is the hardest portion of the list for people who have been through trauma. So if you're having a hard time connecting to what you think you might deserve, um, think back to a time or a relationship where it went really poorly, right? And uh, analyze in that situation. So let's say you got in a horrible fight that didn't make any sense. So what did you need in that situation? Well, you needed respect. You needed understanding. You needed compassion. So then suddenly you realize these are the things that I deserve in a relationship overall. So using this list as a guide to refer back to and staying on track with your resiliency, right, that comes out of trauma. And another thing with that is, you know, when we get through really difficult things and can get over a lot of this stuff and re-strengthen our lives, that's really attractive to other people. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, another aspect of that that I see um, in couples therapy when when issues around trauma come up, and it's kind of like a PTSD from a, 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 right. a past traumatic relationship, yep. Um, is that they bring that experience with them into the new relationship. And so they have a new partner now and they're they're kind of projecting onto them what happened in their old relationship. They're fearful of it. They don't want it to happen again. And so they kind of start to see it everywhere. So maybe an example, a couple I was working with, one person experienced um, a domestic violence situation in a relationship. And so whenever her partner now expresses anger, she just kind of panics. Well, it's normal to express anger. You know, human beings in a healthy way can express anger. But she's bringing that into the new relationship and projecting it onto her current partner. So I think it's also really important to be as self-aware as you can that, you know, is is what I'm worried about right now, am I bringing something from my past into my current relationship? And if you are, that that's something that you can work on. Yeah. Oh. Um, so in your example of the mm-hmm. anger, right? So even though this particular partner probably wasn't going to be also a you know physically abusive person, for somebody who brings that into a relationship, it's unresolved trauma, that anger alone is a trigger, right? Mm-hmm. So our brains see anger. That's, you know, the preceding fact, you know, thing that leads into physical violence sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So we see that our bodies can tense up. You know, our brains are telling us alarm bells, alarm bells. We recognize this as an unsafe thing. And so that projection piece, right? Well, he's 
he's angry or she's angry. So maybe this other thing is coming along. Um, so understanding what your triggers are and talking through those in therapy and with your partner too. Like, hey, when I when you do this behavior, it makes me feel this certain way. And having that open connection around that. Yeah. And you do want to be in a pretty... Um you don't have to be perfect, but you want to be in a kind of a healealthy place when you're dating because sometimes dating's hard, and if you're feeling really fragile or vulnerable, mm-hmm. it might not be the best time to start. You might want to take a little time for yourself, yeah, yeah, well, number two, go slow is there's a lot to say there. so many reasons <laughs> for that yes, yes absolutely yes. um so so let's look at it in reverse, um thinking now that we gave this great um set of tools and insight for how we can control what we can control and we can get better at what we can get better at. But what happens when the person that we're dating or talking to, or, you know, maybe talking to about dating, um, when we can see that maybe they're not um, thinking in the same slow, slow way. So somebody who wants to move things forward really quickly, I think that's always a red flag. I think that, I mean, and you hear the stories of, you know, somebody who they on their first date, you know, decided to get married and lived happily ever after. And while that has maybe I don't know, (laughs) that has maybe happened. I can't think of a real life example, but maybe anything is possible. But that is typically like ninety nine point nine percent of the time not going to work out. So um, I think that it like the the piece that you want to remember is that moving forward too quickly is going to be a red flag that there's a somebody's trying to fill a need that they probably should be trying to fill themselves. So so maybe they're lonely, maybe they're bored, maybe um, they're worried about their financial security and want to latch on to somebody else. I mean, I think when we look at reasons why people push ahead quickly, they're usually not all that uh, romantic. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like we were talking about earlier, right? Like trying to fill that void in some way, right? Just whoever we can place into that puzzle piece or that Mm -hmm. puzzle, right? And when we see that in a partner as well, so we can work on that all we want in ourselves. If we Mm -hmm. connect to somebody that, you know, is trying to rush things that, you know, and also has these barriers to them being able to connect in a relationship. So they haven't worked on their own stuff. So maybe they're projecting onto you. Laura, I'm seeing this anger, so then X, Y, and Z, or, you know, something leading, you know, projecting again. Yeah, and then you're going to be kind of playing out their old relationship with them if they yeah. they haven't resolved it. Or, you know, the other thing that you can find is somebody who is more avoidant in relationships, and maybe they, they for whatever reasons, uh, don't aren't comfortable with intimacy or, or connection. And what I see happen a lot of the time is people will take that as something being wrong with them. So I meet this person and they're really cute and they're really fun and they're going to be the one, but then they are not available. And so that must be because I'm not good enough. And that isn't true. You know, people can be, we can really value people and think they're fun and cute and just genuinely appreciate them hum- as human beings. And they aren't compatible for the kind of relationship we want to be in. And while that feels very personal, it isn't. Right. Hey, great. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll just get, get down to the rest of our dating rules. Some people choose their specialty and sometimes the specialty chooses them. For me, becoming a relationship therapist, well, it was a little of both. Hi, I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And over the last decade, I've explored love from every angle. Professionally, self-love, unrequited love, and yes, personally, too. I love love. 
It's the most powerful force on the planet. It affects everything we do. My co-host, Michelle Mooney, is an absolute expert on healing anxiety and trauma and the ways we can move out of pain and suffering to create a life full of purpose and meaning. This is Holding Ground, our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. At the end of the day, and well, on every Monday morning, what motivates us and drives us is helping you. So thank you for being here. It's sort of the best thing you could ever do. Oh, I love that. But I guess I would, right? Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to Holding Ground from Anchor Light Therapy Collective. We're going over the new rules of dating today. Um, They are kind of like the old rules, but they're different. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With a little little twist. With a little kind of COVID twist. With a pandemic twist. Yeah. Um, Just how we like it. Our our first rule, just to catch you up, our first rule was all about leading with your values and really determining... um, what's important to you and what's important about you. And there was a list making episode or rather a list making exercise included in that. that I think super valuable. Um, and right now we're in the middle of rule number two, which is go slow. Um, but yeah, uh, if you missed the first part of the show, I'm going to recommend hitting up the KKNW website where you can stream our shows anytime or finding um, Holding Ground on iTunes, Spotify, or some other um, podcast platforms. Just Google uh, and use the search tool for Holding Ground. So also, Michelle, can you tell everybody where they can find us if they want to contact us at AnchorLight and do some one-on-one work if they need a little dating support during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. So AnchorLightTherapy.com, folks can find us. They can fill out forms. If you're interested in a consultation, please contact us that way. Yep, we uh, offer a 20-minute complimentary consultation just to chat a little with you and see how we can help you out. Right, exactly. And if you want to find us on social media for the radio show, Holding Ground on Facebook and Holding Ground Talk Radio on Instagram, all one word, for Anchor Light Therapy. Facebook, um, Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Instagram, Anchor Light. 
there. We are all over the place. So, we are. Okay, so just to recap, we said one, lead with your values, know what you bring to the table, know what you're looking for, and know what kind of relationship you want to be in and look for somebody who's compatible with that. That's always more fun. And then two, we said take it slow, and there are so many good reasons to take it slow. Um, you want to really get to know who you're dealing with. You don't want to f- have try to use somebody as a distraction or fill an emotional mm-hmm. need. Um that is just not what dating is for. So, <laughs> yes. so those that's where we're at right now. And now we were going to talk about our third one. And our third one, I think, well, is, oh, can, sorry, can I interrupt you? Please do. We, we were just going to, because uh, in keeping with our little sort of uh, methodology here, we were also checking in with other sources on the internet, other leaders yes. and thinking on Please. this. Please, yeah, yeah. We just wanted so you to, have a good one here. I do, yeah. Um, the internet, you know, all day long is going to back up this idea about going slow. Mm-hmm. Everything out there uh, about dating says, you know, y- you just can't hurry love, so don't try. And I'm going to read to you from a PBS.org piece called Coronavirus Has Changed Online Dating. It supports both of your first two rules, Laura. So I'm just going to kind of go through this, their kind of evidence and thinking that they brought to the table. So here we go. Um For some people, slowing down has encouraged them to open up about priorities and feelings earlier on than they would have otherwise. Connor Price, a 40-year-old who recently moved to New York from Los Angeles and works for a nonprofit uh, music organization, found that true when he started seeing a woman right around the time that California shut down. The woman, whom he met through a close friend, didn't want to put her mother in danger of contracting the virus, so she and Price started taking nightly walks in their neighborhoods, keeping six foot of distance from each other. It almost felt like dating in in the Elizabethan era, Price said. If I could get like one little fingertip in between her shoulder blades through the parka, it was the most exciting thing I'd done in a month. I thought that was really charming and really interesting to think about it that way. Uh, Later in the piece, uh, it it says this, uh, before the novel uh, coronavirus hit, U.S. couples were already getting married later in life than before. What's happening now is increasing the amount of time that people spend in the courtship stage even more. We're seeing the emergence of a new phase in the courtship trajectory, which is meet online, talk online, talk in person. Yes, we're moving forward to the past. We're getting to know somebody before sex. I think that that is fantastic advice and that that really just gives, like you said, the opportunity to slow down. There's a lot of value of that, not only in dating and all aspects of life, but to be able to be more intentional and think about what you really want instead of just responding to what is happening you, to you too quickly. Yeah it, yeah, it reminds me a lot of this thing that my husband says, which I honestly, it just comes up like weekly in our lives. Uh, he always says, let your weakness be your strength. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you know, work with what you've got or whatever. Yeah. And if this is a thing that's happening, how can we flip it around and make it work for us? Yes. Yes. I love that. And more on the going slow piece, you know, having that loneliness void in our lives, there's other ways to fill that, right? Especially right now, getting connected with a, a cause that we really believe in, getting connected in our communities. Um, there's other ways to fill that void. And, you know, when we're not slowing down, sometimes what we can do is try to force or manage the other person to kind of become what we want them to be, right? And, and everyone them... loves that. Everyone yes. likes to be put into a box exactly. of somebody else's creation. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, you know, if you have to force somebody to be with you, you're not allowing yourself to meet the person that actually does want to be with you. And from a self-respect 
perspective, why would you want to be someone you for be with somebody you forced to stick around with mm -hmm. instead of finding somebody who really does love you? Um, and you know, keeping in mind too the adjustment process, right? We're all a bunch of people who've just been through this huge adjustment of having a quarantine and you know not maybe working from home and being full time caregivers to our children, maybe to parents that sort of thing. So we had this huge adjustment period. There's going to be adjustment period going back into whatever this new normal life is right. and giving ourselves compassion around that and understanding our partner is going through that. That's another adjustment because, you know, unfamiliar to unfamiliar, even if it is a good thing, um, it can, it, you know, you have to get used to it again. Yes. Mm. Yes. Unfamiliar to unfamiliar. I like that. Yeah. That's something to really stay aware of. Mm -hmm. So what you said about a belief system, that kind of leads us into number three here, mm -hmm. which is know that you're strong. So when I'm working with people who are struggling a little bit in dating, a lot of often what will come up is that they feel like they cannot take another heartbreak, that they cannot be disappointed again, that they will break if anything negative happens to them. And so they've put dating on such a pedestal that it feels terrifying. And a lot of times this is these beliefs are created because we have had traumatic past experiences and we start to believe I'm not enough. Somebody's going to see something about me that, you know, I have to hide because they're, they're going to realize that, you know, I'm not really worth it. Um, and then that when that stuff starts to show up, we start to feel kind of fragile like oh I can't I can't have this happen again do you see that when you were working with people Michelle who've experienced a lot of trauma yeah yeah and that can lead to self-sabotaging a relationship I have recently worked with a client who was in this really great relationship he was connecting really well with his, um, the person that he was dating everything was going well but he had this overarching belief of I can't have my heart broken again and he was she was uh, his partner was someone he was really connecting to and he so he felt that sense of fear like this is really good I don't want to lose it so he ended up breaking up with her um, to protect himself so yeah. taking that action so that's a self-sabotage piece or just self-sabotaging in a way where you're creating distance and pushing the other person away so if that's picking arguments or maybe using substances or just mm -hmm. you know ghosting the other person whatever it can be creating that distance right so then maybe they'll break up with me and then I don't have to do you know do it in that so way. it's all like a coping defense mechanism yes yeah. yes it's a wall we build to protect ourselves but the interesting thing is we're protecting ourselves from the from exactly what, what we're we wanting want. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so i think knowing what your um under what your beliefs are around relationships and dating and 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 in a very compassionate way looking at the insecurities that you might have or the fears that mm -hmm. you might have and and trying to work Instead of asking your partner to fix those for you because they just really can't anyway, um, oh. learning how to <laughs> bummer yeah <laughs> wait 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 <laughs> this changes everything um, figuring out how you can you know really create a healthy sense of self esteem and self worth that is rooted in 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 your own belief in you that it doesn't need and yes we all love validation especially from people that we're dating but that can't be the only thing that feeds our, our self-esteem. We have to have a value and a self-worth that is aside from that. So, yeah, that idea of kind of dropping that story, I guess, is what I'm really hearing here. This idea that, you know, we've, no matter what it is that we've been through, um, at a certain point, we have to kind of let go of that past and, and move into the future. And I... I'm always really aware of the the ways that we do write these stories for ourselves and become these characters that we 
either have been sort of pushed into or sort of allowed ourselves to believe in. And when I when I think back, Laura, of working with you many years ago, that sort of story piece is something that we um, that you and I worked on a lot, sort of, you know, dropping that false story and um, really imagining a new one, I yeah. think. And, uh, you know, maybe that's another list exercise, right? Like, who am I going to be this time? Mm-hmm. You know, who am I, who do I want to be? And, um, you know, when I, when I let go of these other ideas, who can I really see myself becoming? Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that you can be, I think, the most authentic version of yourself when you do let go of some of these stories. Just because something happened to you in the past and that is real, you know, maybe say someone broke up with you unexpectedly and that was, you experienced that as a traumatic experience. You could start to create this story of, in my mind, well, I'm always the girl who gets dumped or mm-hmm. I'm always the girl that I, I give my heart and it just gets stomped on. And, you know, and then unconsciously, you're always kind of creating that situation. So I see this play out in couples counseling quite a bit where you have somebody who has a lot of anxiety around relationship and kind of an underlying belief that they're really not lovable. And again, this can be very unconscious. They're not thinking this at the forefront of their mind, but maybe that they, you know, in the end, they're really not worth it. All, all of that negative stuff. And then they attract people to them that really reflect that back to them. So they'll attract somebody to them who's kind of avoidant and, and 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 reflects that to them, that they aren't worth it. They're not going to change for them. They're not really committed to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So even though it's the opposite of what you want, you're unconsciously creating that all the time because we want, our minds want to find proof that what we believe is true. That's what our mind is always doing. And so we're constantly looking for examples of what we believe to be true as true. So if I believe I'm not enough, I'm going to have to connect with people who will reflect that back to me just to validate my own belief system. Yeah, confirmation bias, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, this thing about me is true. And then you look for it and other people like, oh, yep, see, I knew this was coming, you know, and that just reinforces that story. And looking at these stories, right, they come from somewhere. And so kind of breaking down those narratives. And then like what Elsie, you were saying, you can recreate that narrative, right? Who do I want to be this time? Who am I? Who do I know I already am? But maybe I just have some barriers to that. And thinking of these narratives too, think trying to break it down and how is this narrative actually serving me Mm -hmm. so is it just creating distance and protecting ourselves from maybe you know getting hurt um or you really do realize that oh this isn't serving me if i want love right i i have to change this narrative yeah i think speaking of you know another thing that i i personally learned from you laura that that sort of you know self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. or law of attraction you know you can frame it in Mm -hmm. any number of ways but um I think that's such an important piece that I, I wish that we could, you know, maybe that's another whole episode. Yeah, we could talk about that for an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of examples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's check in um, going back to. So we're on we're on our third and final rule here of stay strong, be strong, know that you're strong. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, check back with the Internet on this one. I pulled some information from an NPR podcast episode called Love on Lockdown. Um, and this, these guys framed it really well um, when they spoke to a woman named Devana Hoffman, who's a relationship coach. Demona Hoffman. Oh, Demona Hoffman. Yep. Thank you. Sorry about that. She's a relationship coach and the host of her own podcast called Dates and Mates. Here's what she said. 
Don't expect your partner to be your everything. They might be the only person you're getting within six feet of, but they can't fulfill your every emotional need. Expecting one person to check every box is a recipe for disappointment and resentment. Rather than looking at your partner as just your best friend and your intimate partner, Hoffman says, try to find other avenues and other people in your support network that you can connect with virtually and through distance hangouts. That way, the pressure is off your partner to be your sole support. And I just, I think I just had a conversation with a married friend about this this weekend. I think this is something that we've been talking about it, but let's just give it one last round because I just think, you know, no matter how healthy and great and loving your relationship is, it can't be your everything. No. And if you try to make it that, you're going to be very disappointed and unsatisfied. Um Esther Perel, who is a a famous psychotherapist and has a lot of really great stuff about relationship and connection on YouTube and everywhere on the Internet, talks about how this expectation that your that your romantic partner is supposed to be your best friend, your, you know, soulmate in everything, a mysterious lover and like all of this long category of things that we're trying to put on one person is just it's not possible. You have to have some balance in your life. Yeah, not having that person become your entire world, mm-hmm. but having them complement your world yeah. and what your goals are and what your dreams are and coming along with you and complementing that, not being the center of it. Right. Which goes back to everything that we've been talking about, that that's why you want to really come into dating feeling at a place where you feel whole, that you're not looking for somebody to rescue you or fix mm-hmm. anything for you or not looking for someone who needs to be fixed or rescued. That's another side of this, that sometimes people out of insecurity will look for partners who need to be rescued because they're fearful that they're not enough. And again, that rescuer, rescuee relationship always ends poorly, no matter what the movies tell us. Right, right, yeah. Right. And trauma can create that as well. So in trauma, we can learn that, okay, the only way that I am loved is taking care of this other person or taking care of this other person takes the pressure off of me to have to be take care of myself. Yeah. That is a very good point. It's a really good way to not look at your own stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's someone who's messed up. I'll focus on them. Right. You're worse than I am. So (laughs) clearly I'm doing okay. (laughs) So we've kind of already covered this in 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 different ways. But just to give this last rule, our 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 spin through of. okay. so if, if we've worked on strengthening ourselves and we've thought about how to be strong and then we kind of are feeling that this person that we're talking to is 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 like we're saying here, maybe having their own kind of issues with it. How, how do we deal with that? I mean, is there a place between going like, this person's not right for me, and, um, you know, maybe this person could be right. I mean, I, I guess we send them to therapy at Anchor Light. I, I don't That's know. That's the only yes. way. <laughs> you know, the website, anchorlighttherapy.com, we can help you out. No, I think when you're, if you're really noticing in dating that somebody has something going on that is is really kind of causing you to question the situation, you can first ask yourself if you're there's something coming up for you where you want to maybe avoid relationship. But I think typically that's something to pay attention to. There's something that seems really off instead of thinking like, well, it seems like they, you know, 
they had eight cocktails on our date, but maybe they were just nervous. Maybe they're they're going to change their behavior. Excuses, for yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Like you probably eight? don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at least twelve. Yeah. I'd be nervous. <laughs> what well, was it over Zoom though? I mean, wow. were they were they you know, were, they were they on their couch? <laughs> wow. Cocktails? I haven't thought about the Zoom cocktail rules, but you don't don't overlook things that are not compatible with you. I think that's oftentimes people do that. They're like, yeah, but maybe they they'll change this thing. Maybe they don't, you know, and making the excuses for behavior that isn't going to really work for you. And it doesn't even have to be that the other person is wrong or bad, but it's like maybe you're super fit and you work out all the time and this person never exercises. Like there's a good chance that that's not going to really work for you. Yeah. If there's a little, there's things in our guts, right. That are informing us and little strings that are being pulled on like, Hey, you know, this doesn't quite match up with what I'm looking for, but maybe I'm just going to stay with it for momentum or oh, at least I finally found a relationship or they might change this behavior. Um, yeah. So really listening to when things feel off, it's probably because they are. And don't, I tell all my dating people, don't look at somebody's potential. I mean, it's especially like when we're in our 40s and 50s, people are who they are. If you're thinking that they're going to change something in the future, that is probably in your imagination. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a pill of reality there. Yeah. Yeah. Not looking at somebody's potential. That's great. He doesn't want kids, but he might change his mind. Mm, He's probably not going to. Right. Yeah. And that's just an unfair one to try to change, <laughs> yeah. too, right? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. So, maybe so needs a couple think, more drinks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so, what should you do when, you, when that kind of like, oh, I don't know about this goes up? You know, maybe question like, am I becoming fearful? Or do I, is my own stuff coming up here? Or is it in fact that this person is displaying behaviors that really aren't probably going to work for me? Mm-hmm. And then just be free to let them go. They're going to find somebody who's better for them, and you're going to find somebody that's better than you, for you. And we all live happily ever after. That's right. That's right. You know, we're almost out of time, but I, I, I would love to hear your take on how do we end those things? And if we decide, if we're listening to our gut, like Michelle says, and we feel that intuition and we know, like, oh, God. This, this isn't right. What, how, how do you coach people and, and help people think about just saying goodbye, saying no thanks, saying, um, yeah. you know. You just ghost them and you block them. And, yeah. and, and, and let them know over text yeah. if you do yeah. communicate it. Yeah. I think honesty <laughs> with like kindness, just to say like, hey, it was great to get to know you. And I don't feel like we're a match, but I really appreciated the time we spent together and and leave it at that. But I will say this. If anyone tries to argue with you, because I've heard yeah. people report that back mm-hmm. and, and convince you, then you might cut them off and just say, you know, you don't have to you don't have to you don't owe anyone that you've been on two dates with a big explanation about why you're not feeling it. Sure. Yeah. And but letting, I yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But letting saying, letting them know right away and not stringing them along, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know, right, okay, date two didn't go well, and they're like, oh, maybe we can do this again sometime, and you, and you know, entertain that in some way, as opposed to just you know letting them know, hey, this isn't going to work. Which, and I think people resist doing that because it feels mean. But I yeah. think that the honesty is actually the kinder thing. So you're That's not the string, thing. like you said, mm-hmm. stringing someone along. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, you guys. Um, this is this has been a great episode. I, I think that um, I think that a lot of people out there are going to feel a bit more shored up and, and ready to face, you know, next weekend. Here we are Monday. You've got like all week to think about this stuff. And Make do your people, list. Do people still date only on the weekends anymore, though? I don't I don't even know if that's valid. <laughs> well, Zoom, you have a Zoom date any night. Yeah. 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 Yes. So 
Please, I'm so glad that you tuned in today and join us again next week where we are going to be continuing uh, topics around relationships and trauma and mental health. And Michelle, once again, tell everyone where they can find us if they want to reach out and connect with us at Anchor Light. Right. So on Facebook, uh, Holding Ground uh, for the radio show and on Instagram, it's Holding Ground Talk Radio, all one word. And for Anchor Light Therapy, it's on Facebook, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And on Instagram, Anchor Light Therapy, all one word. And our website, of course, anchorlighttherapy.com. All right. Well, thank you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.